Hey everyone, welcome back to Gray Area's Artist Spotlight series. Today we have the one and only Emmanuel Sati out of who's based in Portugal, born and raised in Germany though. Emmanuel, how you doing today, man? Thank you so much for taking some time out of your today to have a conversation with us. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing very well over here in beautiful sunny Lisbon. Spring hey. has arrived already here. Don't we love that? We love that so much. Well, so getting into spring, how was uh how was the winter months for you? Were they were they filled with producing? Were they filled with touring? What did you have going on? was really a lot of touring normally i do my winters um i used to spend my winters i i used to do some tours in south america and stuff but but i was mostly in the studio in the winters i loved that in berlin you know just getting tucked in the studio and being productive because you you cannot really do anything else than, than yeah. work you know during that time or, or sleep or be on the sofa watching tv yeah so um but now this 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 winter it was because the demand in the warmer countries is quite high right now yeah um, i was touring a lot in south america um in yeah a lot of these countries that um where it's reversed so i was uh, it wasn't much of a winter for me and yeah it was a summer. this winter was a summer for me yeah yeah do you you know in all of your touring uh, across the globe do you ever notice a is there ever a like a cultural difference in the way that people go to dance music events or is it kind of the same do people operate in the same way in all these different countries um you know they, i don't i'm not sure a lot of people really think of um south america as a really dance music centric uh area but I would love to know how those how those populations really interact with dance music. It depends so much, you know. I I, I get asked a lot the question, which, which is my favorite country to play in, and it's almost impossible to say because I would say in this dance music world, it's very global, and this is a culture per se, you know. Yeah. So it's like what we have is kind of like a yeah, it's it's pretty much the same all over the world and then you have in each city in each country each territory you have different types of clubs you have the the, the rave club the basement rave club yeah. where people just go to for the music and go crazy then you have the little bit the, the beach club maybe or the the posher club you mm -hmm. know where people also enjoy dressing well and to be seen and, and the yeah. flirting aspect and all of this stuff so but i would say there's not so much there, there are slight differences mm -hmm. in, in culture but not as much as you would think it's yeah it's a very global culture or yeah music yeah, yeah when you're and when you're in when you are touring and i guess it, maybe it depends on the the schedule of your tour do you ever take time to immerse in the place that you're in and really try to get a taste of the culture while you're there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. I mean, my favorite thing is trying the local cuisine. That's, oh. that's a must always. I'm yeah. A big foodie. So I always make sure that, that I go to some really nice local places with the, with the promoters or my friends there. And then it depends, you know, sometimes I, Whenever I get the chance to, I, I stay a bit longer. But also when you're on tour a lot, sometimes you just want to be home or you need to be home. You know, you need to finish some stuff at the studio. 
Otherwise, I would be taking uh, pretty much holidays and just traveling uh, on middays, you know, for the yeah. whole year. And <laughs> I can't do that as well. So it, it has to be a balance. I, I try to keep a balance in between exploring the world and taking advantage of all these amazing places I travel to, but mm. also, of course, um, my responsibilities as as everyone has them, you know. I, I very much understand. I I have a um, another profession that takes me kind of all over the world at various times of the year as well, and I very much enjoy getting to getting that opportunity, especially as a as a dance music enthusiast. I would love to, uh, you know, I'm in Germany quite a bit, and I I keep telling myself I need to get into some of those clubs out there. But yeah. what I do is I, I actually I am um, a professional track and field athlete. And unfortunately, going to the club at three or four in the morning does not equate to being your best physically the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You need to go to the daytime parties. Yeah, yeah, got to go to the daytime parties. Actually, when you're in Berlin, because in Berlin, a lot of parties, they, they might start in the evening, but they go until the evening the next day. So you might uh, go there for a coffee next time. You're in there Berlin. you go. All right. <laughs> yes, I, I do enjoy getting to the spas, though. That is my daytime activity, especially when I'm in Europe. The fact that that especially sauna and just cold, the, the general health and wellness um, aspect in Europe is something that is very much overlooked here in the United States. So I love, love, love getting to take advantage of that when I'm over there. So, okay. but yeah. anyway, so back to the music a little bit. So, you yeah. know, when you're, when you're on the road and, uh, or even at home outside of the music, kind of what, what interests and passions keep you balanced, you know, or, or are you just someone where, you know, music is your lifeblood and you don't really need a break from it? No, for me it's it's very much sports. It's it's a it's a way to balance um, all of this. You know, I, I I do a lot of sports, and um, this comes from kind of I was a I was a used to be a junior state boxing champion. When no I was, way! <laughs> yeah, like sixteen to my most active time was like sixteen to eighteen or something. I was doing was was doing competitions and fights and stuff. Yeah, and. Um, so kind of my body is kind of used to being used and, and yeah. working out and, and physical exercise, you know, and I didn't do that for, for a couple, for a couple of years enough. And I could really feel it that it's not good for me. My body needs it. Also my mind needs it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I make sure to work out every day. That's kind of a balanced thing for me. Even when I'm traveling, even when I'm playing, I try to squeeze in a short, short workout at the hotel, even if yeah. it's just at the hotel room. And of course, I have, I have many interests that are always changing. Yeah, yeah. I love to read. I like to play chess. I'm, I'm a very social person. I, I meet people a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested in many things. But that kind of, you know, these, these hobbies change over time. And, yeah. yeah. That's awesome, sports, man. Yeah. Do you, ever, uh, do you ever get back in the ring still? No, I never get the gloves no. back on. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I, when I, I, I just spent a week in Mexico City and I had some downtown downtime mm -hmm. between shows. And there was a, in the gym, there was a, a boxing a bag, a boxing bag. Nice. So I did a, I did a couple of uh, drills there. I do shadow boxing sometimes in front of the mirror. But you know, when you've been really good at something, yeah. because you put in like two, three, um, I don't know. You you've been working on it really hard, yeah. you know. 
then you don't work on it so hard anymore and then it's just not as fun anymore especially yeah. with boxing you get punched in the face you yeah. know? So, <laughs> um, I, I i did i did it for fun last year with a friend and it was fun but no not seriously yeah that that's a rude awakening uh or that's a rude reminder that you haven't been practicing your boxing when you get punched in the face yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so now really into the music so where did your relationship with music begin you know like kind of what are some of your earliest music memories from when you were a child um my earliest music musical memories it was really my so my mom was a ballet dancer okay cool and um, she she worked also with dance with kids and stuff and 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 uh, she was always dancing in the living room and doing her ballet movements there and stuff and i was all i always loved that and um obviously there was music to it you know and um and my father had a had a big record collection, so he had all these vinyls at home, a lot of like Stevie Wonder, a lot of soul music. Nice. And yeah, that was just uh yeah, I was discovering these records. I loved sitting there, just going through them, looking at them, listening to them, reading the lyrics and all that stuff. And um, he was also playing the piano a little bit, and I loved that as well. So it, it really came from my from my pa my parents' passion for music and and dance you know that was kind of given to me that's how i grew up you know that's awesome what do you have a uh did you have a favorite stevie wonder song that you would put on or or what was what was one of those first records that when you put on really captured your your child emmanuel heart yeah stevie wonder it, it was it was more than one song but stevie wonder i think was my biggest probably my biggest inspiration back then that really touched me that yeah i, I listened to all the, all the albums all the time mm -hmm. and all the all the lyrics and yeah and, and i to be honest i still listen to it this is really something that's been a constant in my life that every year i have a i have a week or two where i just listen to some stevie wonder albums yeah some old albums well it's timeless music yeah. you know and and it's uh it's music that is that is very much stood the test of time you know I, I some of those some of those classics uh, are songs that in any corner of the globe you put them on and and even if someone might not know like the words they'll they'll very much know the melody and they'll and they'll be swaying right along with it you know yeah and that's exactly. one of the coolest things about music. We love finding timeless music like that. So, well, so, or, so that was your first introduction into music. And how did your music taste kind of evolve throughout those years, throughout the, throughout your childhood and into your preteen and teenage years all and into, into your, uh, your dance music phase? Yeah. Um, well, it, it was the radio at first that mm -hmm. kind of, besides my the record collections and the music my my parents played it was the was the radio um so yeah just pop music you know what whatever was on the radio at that yeah. time and um and uh i think in my teenage years i discovered discovered hip-hop there was at that time there was um also mtv was doing music videos you know yeah. viva, viva is a german channel i don't i, I don't think you okay. know that probably I don't know Viva, no. 
No, yeah. So there were like two, three channels in Germany with music videos all day, pretty much. And I was just soaking that in with my friends. We're just sitting there all afternoon and 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 uh, looking at these music videos and just yeah, it was it was an amazing time for music, I think, because of yeah. all this video content it had and it it gave the music another layer, you know. And yeah. And um, yeah, there I kind of discovered hip hop and and, and just and really quick, just for just for a frame of reference for the time about what about like what time was this like what years were that was this in this what was peak MTV years for you? That must have been probably like around two thousand, I would say. Okay, cool, 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 awesome. I hope I'm not completely off, but I think it was around two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, can start to yeah. interrupt. <laughs> oh good, oh good. And um yeah, and then I was actually um German hip hop got popular at that time as well. And so I was like, man, I, th I think I this in English rapping in English, I cannot do that. But all of a sudden there were guys in Germany rapping in German and they were quite successful and I think let's let's do that, you know. So I was actually yeah. um, I had a little rap career. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I had my first um, performance when I was 13 years old in a bar. I was rapping and... Uh, yes, and, dude. That's awesome. Was it part of, like, were you, was it a, uh, a one-off show? Like, were you the headliner or were you part of a showcase? It was, or? It was it, no, no, it was a one-off show. I think I forced my, my classmates at that time to be in a band, you know, and I was actually writing the lyrics for the whole group. I remember that. Um, and I was, yeah, I was writing the lyrics for everyone, the hooks and everything. And yes. He said, I mean, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I, yeah, we got this gig. I, I don't remember how that went about us, but um, it, it was in front of a bunch of people like kind of our age, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, and then I even got picked up by, uh, by some older guys that were doing hip hop already, like properly and recording stuff yes, at a studio. Dude. And uh, so I was hanging out with these older <laughs> German uh, <laughs> wannabe gangsters, you know, and um, doing uh, German gangster rap. <laughs> Dude, wow, look at you go. All right, that's an awesome story. I love that. Heck yeah, how long did that kind of go on for? Then they wanted to, to tour with me, and I was like 14, and it was just too much for me. It was too much. I was Wow. Stuck. I had to uh, – what, what would your – what were your parents saying at the time? Were they – were they uh were they kind of the ones that were saying like hold up you can't tour at fourteen and you were like come on let me do it or were you like oh, I don't really know if I want to be touring at fourteen either no it didn't get even get to the point that I told them because I was already no I don't want to tour I don't want to rap in front of people yeah I was yeah too, yeah too shy I was way too young you know yeah I didn't have this yeah yeah no that, that wasn't for me so i quit the group and i uh, yeah <laughs> i i got out of music but um yeah kind of this this i remember i was extremely passionate about it i was just carrying always like this this book with me writing mm -hmm. lyrics every day and was very for that age i was extremely committed and i was super passionate about it and i actually was talented also and um and that spirit came back when i discovered dance music and and later i was always um playing instruments there was kind of a rule in our mm -hmm. house we had to play an instrument yeah and 
I picked up the cello a bit, picked up the bass guitar a bit, but it was more dabbling in it. The piano, I had some piano lessons. And it was only when, um, yeah, I started going out. When I was 18, I was allowed in clubs and that I discovered house music. Yeah. And um, yeah, nice, at some man. point, uh, even even then I was just as a raver, I was um, obsessed with the music. Back then it was minimal, was yeah. a huge thing, Ricardo Villalobos, Luciano. And um, I was going to these after... <laughs> our clubs completely sober because i was still an athlete yeah um all my friends were hammered everybody was on on drugs yeah. you know in this club <laughs> i was the only person not even drinking yeah and um driving everybody home afterwards as well and um and yeah it, it was fast but i loved the music so much that i had to be a part of this and i stayed until 10 a.m 11 a.m yeah <laughs> completely sober well, that, that energy is infectious, you know, even it's, that's one of the coolest things about dance music is it's, uh, it's that music that makes you start dancing by yourself before you even knew how to dance by yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, it's very interesting that way and it's very liberating that way. And it's, it's easy to kind of sink into that hypnosis, even if you're not, even if you aren't on any substances whatsoever, even if you are stone cold sober, you can you can find yeah. yourself in the uh you can find yourself in the thick of it for sure but do you Absolutely. kind of remember your your first or the first dance music experience that or that first time that you went wow what is this music that i am hearing what do you have like a an aha moment like that yeah th i think that was I think that was really with minimal techno mm -hmm. when, when I was in this club and there was this music, I didn't even know what it was. There were no melodies. Yeah. It was super simple. And then this hi-hat would start at like two minutes in the break, uh, in the track. And it was like this minimal change, you know, yeah. but it would give you so much more energy and the whole club would be, yeah, this hi-hat coming in. <laughs> That was, that was that was very fascinating to me, and um, yeah, and I, I have to say I really understood dance music at at that point. Before with house music, I kind of fell in love with the social social aspect of it mm -hmm. because it was such a great vibe. Everybody was in a good mood. There were no fights. There was yeah. not this macho culture or something. It was very. People were very uh, cautious and, um, and and nice to each other, you know. So I really liked that about house music. And with minimal techno, I really fell in love with the musical aspect. This, yeah, the simplicity, but how much effect it can have on you. I, yeah. I really like that. That's awesome, man. How, like, looking back at, you know, your, your love of hip hop and how you were getting into dance music, whether it's house music or minimal, you know, those were two things that are, you know, very passionate about that or that you were very passionate about. Do you, can you maybe pinpoint any common threads between the two that, that might have linked that passion together or has that ever occurred to you in, in the time since all of that has occurred? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought about this a lot and it, some points in my life I made this connection between all that stuff to was to kind of 
figure out what my musical identity is. Mm-hmm. But I think it's much more complicated. <laughs> I think different times in your life, you you just explore different things. And I mean, yeah. To be honest, I, I, I could create some kind of construct of a connection there, but I don't think there really is one. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. in, terms of, in terms of, I just always, I always like different things. And yeah. of course there like a, there is some there 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 are some similarities between the stuff that I like, but also sometimes there are none. You know, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not really sure what it is. It, well, hey man, a diverse palette is is an artist's best friend for sure. Yeah. Do you still do you still listen to much house or um, much hip hop these days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah, but not not sophisticated hip hop or something. No. Yeah. <laughs> like lo- uh, ch- chart hip hop. I like. I love to listen to Drake. I mean, I like Kendrick Lamar. You know? Yeah. I like, I like things as well. But I love some. I love me some Drake sometimes. You know. Oh, dude, I I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Well, so okay. Now I need to ask then, okay, because I, I mean, I enjoy, I very much enjoy some Drake too. Sometimes it, it just, one, it's catchy as all get out and it sets a vibe. It's an absolute vibe. You know, sometimes yeah. Drake just sets the, the perfect vibe, but as yeah. a dance music artist, I need to know, and I might be treading into, to iffy territory here. What was your opinion on, on Drake's quote unquote, dance music album (laughs) (laughs) well i think it was it's not my favorite drake album and i since then i haven't i listened to it a couple times back then and and there are some really good tracks on there i think but um it's not it's not the you know the reason why i listen to drake is so i can get away from dance music a bit yeah you know yeah yeah so for me it's kind of to just clear the the acoustic palette kind of yeah. you know yeah and just not think of because whenever i listen to house music i kind of i'm a little bit in work mode because i'm collecting mm-hmm. ideas i'm analyzing stuff when i listen to drake it's none of that you know yeah and, yeah um, I, I like that album and i think it was a great step for our for our bubble you know for our sound that the kind of music guys for example produced some of the tracks yeah. like coffee was involved as a producer yeah and so you know i think it just shows that this sound is also yeah it's, it's being noticed on a on a global and mainstream level which i think is great you know yeah no i i i agree with you and i i like first i i love that um that phrase you use clearing the clearing the the sonic palette um and and i i very much agree with you you know that like getting um making the sound of you know dance music more accessible and just and letting more and more people know that that sound exists and growing that community i think is very important you know there is sometimes sometimes i think um we might get caught in this like um almost this, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like an elitist um, uh, vibe a little bit sometimes of just think like thinking that our, like this music is like, this is ours. It's our, our bubble, but you know, it's, 
the community, like you already said, the community is the best part about it. Um, it's, it's such an all-inclusive community and, and getting the opportunity to grow that community by any means is, is really important. So I very much agree with you on that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how did you kind of start to transition from fan to contributor? You know, when did you take an interest in producing and DJing and what did that process even look like for you? That was so I was already I was already more interested in the music than most other people at mm -hmm. the parties I was yeah, I was doing research which tracks are being played by whom, was listening to sets and trying to find out all the names of the tracks that I liked and stuff. And was also um was also going to record shops and just buying buying vinyl and just, you know, starting to collect a bit and but I had no idea how to DJ. I wasn't even thinking about the possibility of doing that. Back then, it was also not like, it wasn't so, it wasn't like you could just put up a YouTube video and find out how to DJ, you know? Yeah. It was more complicated. <laughs> you needed to know someone to show you or figure it out yourself. And the stuff was expensive. So I wasn't even thinking about it. So I met somebody at a party who who said, who I told that I'm I'm having all these records, you know, at home. So he was like, so you're a DJ as well. And I was like, no, I'm not a DJ. I'm just buying records. I was like, why, why aren't you a DJ? And I was, I don't know how to do it. And he said, well, come to my base and we'll show you. So um, for nine months in a row, every Saturday, we would go in his basement and, and I would just play for hours and hours on end, like eight hours, just playing nice. a set all the friends were there you know we we're having a nice session i was playing music and practicing he also got me my first small gigs and stuff and nice took me under his wing um his name is gigo and um now since two months i am his uh, newborn's godfather so <laughs> no way wow yes, what sir. a full circle moment right there yeah. man so, oh that's so cool yeah, so that that's how I got into it, and then um, yeah, at some point we we also uh, simultaneously I think we already started to produce a bit, and man, I mean the beginnings for me were I, I was I was a student I was like nineteen I was broke you know I didn't have any money so I bought like a two hundred euro um, laptop at a German discounter and. Okay. Um, downloaded a cracked version of Ableton <laughs> was just uh, was just producing with the with the stock with the stock instruments it had and I, I remember my laptop would break down every 20 to 30 minutes it would get so hot that I yeah. had to <laughs> and but I, I actually finished uh, my first EP like this <laughs> wow Oh, wow that 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 is not the that's not a very congruent way of making it but i props to you for yeah. sticking with it through that process <laughs> yeah, yeah i was very committed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool man and and so you know how in the process of creating that first ep you know and learning ableton first of all learning ableton can or really any any dog can be quite an experience in and of itself you know how much what was your learning curve like as you were as you were making that those first tracks and can you even quantify 
how much your understanding of creating music has changed from that first point. I mean, I, I'm so glad that I'm not in this beginning phase anymore because <laughs> it's extremely frustrating. I mean, you you have to work so hard for so long to even get something that is like kind of okay. You yeah. Know? And um, you really have to you really have to love the process in the beginning. I think to to be able to stick with it uh, to until the point you you actually get good at it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it's I cannot quantify it. The the understanding is a, is completely different now. The the technical aspect of it is is like yeah, it's second nature to me. I don't even have to think about it. Yeah. And when you reach that point, then you, then you, of course, that never stops. You never stop learning on the technical or musical aspects. But um, then it gets, then it gets really interesting because then you can think about what is a good track, what is good music, how mm -hmm. do I do this, how do I cre create these emotions on the dance floor, and all these things. And then it gets really interesting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, oh my God, when I think back, it was was a tedious process to finish a track. <laughs> it took me forever and, and it was just frustrating, you know? Was, yeah. Yeah. What what was what let me ask you this. What was more um what what had more impact on you? Finishing your first song, even if it wasn't a, a song that you released or anything like that, but your first like just your first Emmanuel Sati song ever we'll say, or the first time that you like beat matched two, two records on a turntable to make like a magical third song, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the finishing the first track. Yeah. yeah, that was, yeah, that's a big moment. Yeah, that was, that, that's a big moment. Uh, you're really proud. You can finally show something. And, yeah. And, no, that's, for sure that was bigger the, the first beat match was actually just mathematics for me yeah the, I, I i beat matched uh, right away the first two records i had in front of me nice uh, i beat matched and it was just because it was two loop i saw it was just vinyls with loops on it yeah you know? yeah yeah and uh, the the person teaching me how to dj just said okay so I beat match the both of them and I just figured out that they probably at the same speed. So I just put them, put them exactly at the same speed and they worked out. So it wasn't that special. I love actually. that. It was music. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So do you prefer nowadays, do you prefer producing or DJing? Wow. I have to say, I'm, I'm, I, I've always been more of a producer than a DJ. Okay. But lately, I've I've I'm becoming more of a DJ than a producer somehow. Nice. And but I I need both in my life absolutely. Yeah. Like I love the I love the balance of things. I love like being in the studio during the week where you really immerse yourself. You're with yourself. You you get something out of yourself on a mm -hmm. piece of paper, a virtual piece of paper. You know, and it's very like therapeutic process it's kind of spiritual you know very emotional and all these things and then on the weekend it's the opposite you know you get all these 
energy from outside of you and you you share energy with other people and and it's much more social so so i i think both i'm i'm really both i need both yeah that's incredible i i love that that yes that that explanation of the difference between the two how one is much more internal one is much more external that that is um that's a, a great way of describing it do you did you you know getting into kind of the career side of music did you have any you, know, you said that you weren't you had never really planned on being a dj when you first started getting into it you know that wasn't even on your radar um did you have any preconceived notions of what a music career would be like when you first got into it? And how has that experience differed from your expectation? <laughs> um, that's a very good question, actually. That's very, <laughs> I, never, I actually never really thought about that. Um, well, I think... Um, well, first of all, I think the 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 industry has changed since then. So, mm -hmm. of course, my expectations back then were based on the industry as it was back then, and also at the time it was more. I had a more local impression, you know, mm. of, of what works. I would say something that has changed. Like when when I started in the music industry, it was very much still the model that you need productions mm -hmm. to become mm -hmm. a DJ. You know, yeah. Now it has changed in a way that you don't productions are not that that's still one path you know mm -hmm. you can put out productions and then get gigs of 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 those productions, but now you can also just be a DJ and and have a good social media presence like maybe have a catchy personality mm -hmm. and, and get gigs of that so or of your network or whatever you know so more mm -hmm. is model that it used to be before you can just be a dj now without the yeah. production without the productions so i think that has actually changed since then and i mean my expectations back then i, I didn't really know what was <laughs> what was going yeah. on i was i was i just knew i want to do this at yeah. some point early i knew i want to do this i can do this and um and then somehow i did it <laughs> and somehow but, i did it <laughs> but um yeah I, I i had no idea what to expect and, and yeah awesome man well cool so getting back into the music getting away from the career stuff what your music has balance you know the sounds that you use are a really nice balance of you know synthesized and organic elements and You've been pretty open in other interviews about your your fondness for collaboration and all that as well, especially with um, a fair number of Ethiopian artists and other um, other African artists as well. You know, does this interest in or does your interest in kind of exotic, sometimes traditional themes, does that translate into other parts of your life as well? What do you mean? Which which other parts, for example? Um, I get well, and I guess we maybe we've kind of already touched on it. Actually, it kind of like in your travels, you know, immersing yourself in in like uh like culinary scenes and all that. You know, even you know when you're when you are just going about your day to day life, whether it's you know cooking a meal. You know, do you enjoy exotic flavors in in your own cooking? Yeah. You know, do you like to push your boundaries when you're just existing in your day to day life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
always always i, I love traveling i love mm -hmm. i love seeing how other people um live their lives what their understanding of life is what their culture is and and that starts with the food goes over the music and but it's it's also the the way of life the attitude and um now i'm i'm moved out of germany i mean i always traveled a lot so i, mm -hmm. I had an understanding of i had an open mind already that people see life differently wherever you are in the world but yeah. now i can really feel a difference since i moved to portugal um it's just um completely yeah it's it's a quite different way of life you know it's quite different attitude towards life and and i really enjoy that and that's the ultimate experience getting out of your comfort zone is when you actually move out of your country to another place and And I think this is super important. I think traveling is very, very important. I think learning, interacting with other cultures is very important. And yeah, and the, the, these collaborations with the Ethiopian musicians, that was just one of these things, you know, uh, we, we didn't even know what to do or what we were doing. We just went there and recorded with them and, and um it was an amazing experience it was super challenging to actually bring this these sounds into into this context of dance music you know but um but that's what made it interesting you know and and that's what broadens your mind and gives you new ideas also for the future yes very much so yeah that the the that that pace of life, that, that way of living, like you're talking about in different, in different, uh, cultures, I think that that gives a lot of perspective when you get the opportunity to experience it, when it gives you the opportunity to see that there's, there's much more to be understood outside of your own bubble. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and that, that pace of life, that tempo of life and, and, And the way that just the way that the average person in another culture lives just a regular day is is very important, you know, and because even if it might not seem strikingly different on the outside from the from the outside perspective, the the space that they exist within um, it, within themselves going about a day can be very different. And that's something that's very hard to understand until, like you said, you have actually fully immersed in the day and in that life. And it's hard to do that, you know, just being there for a weekend, you know, you got to be there for, for a little bit of time. Yeah. You get a glimpse in a weekend, but yeah. you get an idea of what it could be, but it's different when you live there or you actually spend some time where, or you like even, even smaller, it doesn't need to be Ethiopia even. That's quite a drastic difference, you know, but even the the american mentality and the german mentality in business for example now mm -hmm. i'm working with an american manager and mm -hmm. i'm learning so many things just in the um, in the attitude towards business and and negotiations and all these things you know yeah. i'm learning so much that i would have never seen it that way um if i would have yeah just stayed in germany and worked with with german business partners you know so All these things um, are interesting and helpful. Yeah. Well, hey, man. Cheers to you for uh, cheers to you for broadening your horizons at, at all ends. That's uh, that's something that not a lot of that not everyone does. You know that that can be very uncomfortable, and um, but it inspires growth. You know, 
the best growth yeah. always happens with a little discomfort. So here's to you for that one, man. So what Thanks, keeps man. you excited and, and motivated as a, as, uh, as an artist, you know, what keeps you hungry as an artist with, you know, well over a decade of dance music experience at this point, um, what keeps you motivated and, you know, hungry? I think it's always changing, you know, the, the sounds are always changing. Um, there's always new, exciting producers on the horizon that, that inspire you. And honestly, even without that, it's just the emotions of music is, it's kind of addictive, you know, to, mm -hmm. to create these emotions and it doesn't need much more than that. For me, it's a way to express myself to, to, yeah, to put my emotions on this virtual piece of paper, you know, and, and yeah. create these worlds. It's, this is for me. This is motivation enough. I don't need much. I don't need much more, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So, so speaking of um, exciting new and upcoming artists, you know, what advice might you have for up and coming producers and DJs? You know, that were in your shoes back when you were down in that basement, just spinning records on yeah. the weekend. Yeah. I mean, really just try to have fun with it. Um, take take it seriously, but but have fun with it. The more you enjoy it, the, the more you will do it. And the more you will do it, the, the better and the quicker you will get good at it. And this is really the key. Like, and, and I mean, and the business side, don't, don't ignore the business side. Don't just focus on music. Um, actually finish stuff. You know, it's, it's not worth much if you just dabble all the time and you're just jamming all the time. You have to finish stuff um, and and actually put it out there. Put yourself out there, you know. Um, take these risks and 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 try to connect with people. Try to try to um, try to touch people, you know. And and this is really the most important part in the beginning. But I would say that the most important thing is to really enjoy making music or playing or yeah, enjoy what you do because then you will do it more. Um, yeah, I think then the rest will come. Amazing. So Emmanuel, thank you so much for your time so far. I got one more thing for you. All right. Okay. We're going to do a quick little speed round of questions. All right. So it's kind of going to be a this or that. Would you rather... And we're just going to kind of bang through these really quick. They're going to be fun. They're not going to make you think too much. Um, and then that's how we're going to close out. All right. Perfect. Okay. So speed round question. Number one, house or techno? House. Club or warehouse? Oof. Warehouse. All right. A rave or a festival? Festival. Digital or analog? Digital. Sorry. <laughs> You're all good. Uh, uh, DJing or producing? Oh my god, I I, I can't think. I can't think. Okay. Um, dream performance spot. Dream performance spot. Um, wow. Also, so many, so many good ones out there. Um, um, I'm a I'm very bummed that Varung um, is not there anymore. It just burned down the other week. That was mm -hmm. a that was a place that I really wanted to play. Still, I never played there. Um, but yeah, that's so many, so many others. Yeah. Okay, dream collaboration. Dream collaboration. I always already have my dream collaborators. One of them is lying here on the sofa. 
Oh no way! <laughs> What's up? That's my that's my scenarios crew. Of course, they are my dream collaborators. We, we guys that. have a really really good time with each other, and we're super productive with each other. So, yeah, yeah, man. Re stuff. like reading up about you guys and in your all's process has been so so refreshing, you know. And and I love reading some of the interviews that you all have done and talking about how. Um, the the process is seems to be pretty darn organic and that and that y'all are able to leave egos at the door and and really be on the hunt together for the best music and the best sound possible that i think that's that's really that's not a shtick that's really that's really how it is and that's how it was from the first studio session um it's just it's it's really kind of an effortless process and like if if one gets if we get stuck once one another person sits in the chair and just tries some stuff and yeah we and in the end something comes out that is not really the sound of one of us as a single artist as a solo artist but it's really the the mix of of all of us and yeah that's that's only possible if you leave the ego at at the door and you just go for whatever's in that room at that time you know that's amazing, man. That's amazing. And that's a, that's a testament to collaboration right there. And, and we love to see it. We love to see that. So, all right, next one. The last concert that you attended as a fan. Oh my God. What was that? Oh my God. It's been, that's been it some, some time ago, I think. Like an actual concert. Um, or a show or a show. Or a, or a show. Yeah. Well, I, I just went to, <laughs> I cannot tell this. I just went to see Patrice Boimel on the weekend here. In, no way. In <laughs> but we actually went there way too early. We didn't know when he was, when he was playing, he put us on the guest list. We went there way too early. So <laughs> we already were tired. <laughs> we even showed up, so I didn't even see him, but yeah, it was. Oh, no. Yeah. So. <laughs> Okay, so all right, so the best concert that you've attended as a fan now. Best concert that, that I attended as a fan, I must say, um, that has been a Puff Daddy concert when I was <laughs> maybe Not, thirteen. Or dude, oh, I bet that was a great concert! Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was that's still in my mind. It was actually still called Puff Daddy at that point. Yeah. And was, nice, was, dude. I went with my I went with my father, and that's still it's still in my mind. Yeah. That That's great. Amazing. That's great. So what is your drink of choice? Drink of choice? You know, at the moment, it's Coke Zero, actually. Coke Zero. We love it. We love it. A timeless classic. Refreshing, okay. Refreshing, energizing, and yeah. without calories. <laughs> there, there you go. You go. <laughs> without the calories. <laughs> okay. So you walk into a house party, okay, and someone hands you the aux cord. What song are you going to play to get the party going? Emmanuel Satie, Planet XXX. There it is. <laughs> okay, so now it's the end of the night. So it's the other side. Now it's the end of the night and the house party is winding down. What song are you closing the night with? I know exactly which one, but I don't know. The... Well, um, I need to check the name. So I might... Wait, give me one second, please. Do it, man. Do what you got to do. 
because okay what does it feel like roik's up return to the sun remix all right heck yeah man okay perfect that's the that's the perfect end of the night end of the house party song yeah all right we love it okay what is a secret talent that you have secret talent i'm a good chess player good chess player all right i am not a good chess player so i applaud you for that one (laughs) (laughs) so if you could have dinner with three people dead alive past or present who would it be Kanye West for the entertainment value. Although, no, not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> he's, he's uninvited. He's it uninvited. still might be entertaining, but from a shock value perspective. Yeah, no, no. He, he went too far recently. Yeah. Know, um, I must say, I mean, to have Steve Jobs at the table would be pretty interesting, you know, bringing back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to have michael jordan on there on there um and um muhammad ali as well oh nice i have him i have a muhammad ali poster up in my house right now that i've had for years and yeah that's a talk about inspirational man move moved mountains moved mountains and he wasn't even trying to move mountains he was just trying to box and live his life but Wow, what a what a uh um what in not inspirational yes inspirational but um uh what's the word I'm looking for? It's on the tip of my tongue. Um anyway, man moved mountains. I'm sure I'll think of, I'll, the word will come to me as soon as we stop recording and I'm going to it's going to annoy me, but it's okay. So, <laughs> all right. He's been he's been influential in so many different ways, you Influential. Know? There it is. Thank you. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> um, no, but but seriously, he he not only has has he been an, an amazing athlete, you know, and this alone is amazing what he achieved, but also politically what he did, and just in terms of his influence on society, and and I mean it's incredible what the guy did. Yeah. So, what is your favorite food? My favorite food. I'm gonna say Maultaschen. Okay, heck <laughs> yeah. That's no, a, I don't. A, that is a German dumpling. A it's German dumpling. German dumpling. It's okay. Well, when I'm in Germany this summer, I'll have to. I'll have to. What was the name of it? Maultasche. 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 Yeah. Just Google <laughs> German dumpling. It's the okay. only one. German find. dumpling. Got it. Okay. What's your favorite color? Favorite color is blue. All right. Love it. Same here. All right. Favorite or what is your go-to karaoke song? Um, Perfect Day. Perfect Day by? by? by oh, my God. See, now you, you caught me off guard. Because I, I need to go look it up <laughs> afterwards. I need to go look it up. I need to go hear the song <laughs> that you're karaokeing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right okay, so what is something that you earnestly love? Music, foods, many more things. But yes, the, the music I have to say I really love music. People love, as well. I really love, love people. Heck yeah. Now, now what is something that you that earnestly annoys you? Uh 
Just a little, like, what's a pet peeve? What's a pet peeve of yours? Traffic. Traffic. You know, oh, other, other other participants in traffic. I can, I can. Uh, yeah, th th this gets me. This yeah, gets that me. is that is when we are at. That is when we are at one of our lowest points as humans is in the middle yeah, yeah. of a traffic jam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening when you you think you you think nobody sees you, but you're sitting in this glass box and. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, would you rather face off against one horse-sized duck or one hundred duck-sized horses? One horse-sized duck for sure. One horse-sized duck. You think you got a better chance yeah. against one horse-sized duck? It's much more man manageable, I think. <laughs> okay. So, what is something that you're proud of yourself for? I mean, honestly, just being being in this um, music game and and have a, being at a point where I can I can make a good living from it, and it's a pretty crazy journey, you know. And um, that I that I had the courage back then. I sometimes thank my younger self that I that he had the courage to get this journey started. And he stuck with it, so it's one of the things that I'm I'm proud of. Yeah. Awesome. On the flip side of that, what is an area in which you hope to grow? <laughs> Being in traffic. Being in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, like every every aspect of life, life I hope to grow. I'm I'm constantly trying to evolve as a human being, as an artist, as a professional, as a friend, as a boyfriend, as a son, as a brother. You know, um. Yeah, I mean, you have to keep growing in every way. Otherwise, you, yeah, I mean, you deflate, kind of, you know. If you don't 100%. Grow, you... We, we get stale. Exactly. Yeah. All right, and our very last question. Before I die, I want to blank. I want to, I want to uh, have kids. Awesome. Well, Emmanuel Sati, thank you so much for joining us, my friends. It has been an absolute pleasure. This has been a great conversation, man. I had fun. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Me too. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, Gray Area fans, thank you for joining us for another episode of Gray Area's Artist Spotlight Series. I've been Austin Miller. This has been Emmanuel Sati. He will be joining us in April at Superior Ingredients in New York, and we are so excited for this performance. So, Emmanuel, I hope you have a fantastic day, and thank you again for joining us, my friend. Wish you the same. Take care. See you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>